If you enjoy the LA Intergroup's Virtual Speakers Bureau podcasts, consider joining over 500 OA members for our annual OA birthday party, which will be held January 17th through 19th in Los Angeles at the LAX Four Points Hotel. There's free transportation from the airport, so ditch the cold weather and join us for a wonderful weekend of OA recovery. Visit oabirthday.com for more information. Welcome to the OA Light a Candle Meeting Podcast. Visit our website at www.oalaig.org where you'll find three separate speaker feeds with over 300 speaker files, links for you to subscribe to the podcast, and a place where you can donate to keep this special service active. I would now like to introduce our speaker for tonight, Hillary. Hi everyone, I'm Hillary, compulsive overeater. Hi, um, thanks to Tupa for asking me to lead. Um, and it's a great, it's just really great to be here. Um, and um, it, I can't even tell you, I, you know, growing up, going through what I went through to get me here, you know, standing up here and knowing that OA exists is like the biggest miracle. Um, and uh, yeah, I just, it's really a privilege. And when I came in, people would qualify um, as being grateful compulsive over years, and I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, there is nothing to be grateful for. Um, but, you know, the people in this room, the things I've learned here, um, the life that I have now is thanks to this program. And so, yes, I'm absolutely a grateful compulsive overeater. Um, so uh, in terms of, of time and qualification, um, in April, this coming April, I'll have eight years, so a little over seven years. Um, my abstinence is no sugar, no white flour, and I don't eat rice one day at a time. That was kind of added on. Um, when I came in, um, I did, I had no idea what a 12-step program was. Um, I think I could have, like, cracked a joke about, like, alcoholics and AA or something, but I didn't really get it. I knew, like, AA had something to do with alcohol, but I didn't really know what. Um, uh, <laughs> no, seriously. Uh, and uh, I came in on the advice of a therapist, and I was just so desperate. Um, and what had happened was um, I had come back to Los Angeles. I'm from here originally. I was in a city to the south for a few years, um, but I totally bottomed out. Uh, I came back here, and as my pants got bigger and bigger, my life got smaller and smaller. Um, and I just come off a period of um, a commercial weight loss program where I guess I was about what I weigh here today, and it took me two years to lose 25 pounds in this program, and I thought that was, like, the worst thing ever, like, like, it was literally the worst person on earth, and, but it took me half the time to gain back double. Um, and that was frightening. It was absolutely frightening. Um, and uh, I was just, the, in the big book, when they talk about pitiful and comprehensible demoralization, like, I just cannot think of, of words that better describe the feeling of hating myself, not wanting to eat, but eating anyway, hating my, like, just the, just, I mean, you guys get it. It's just the worst. It's the absolute worst. Um, so when I came in, um, I was just so willing. I was like, I don't really even know what this is, but I'm willing to try it because 
I, what do I have to lose, really? And what I heard were um, stories. And first of all, to be honest, it was the stories that kept me coming back. The, the first person I heard um, lead a meeting, the story was pretty extreme. There were things that I hadn't done yet. But um, like I said, I hadn't done them yet. But as I listened, I was like, it is well within the possibility, based on what I know I do with food, that I will drop food in the middle of the street and pick it up and eat it or go to the garbage or all that kind of stuff because um, it, it it's, a, it's a progressive illness. Uh, so I really related to that and I related to how other people spoke about food um, because I came from, you know, I guess your typical diety household, you know, and, and upbringing and, you know, that's what we get out there. Um, but to know that there are people in these rooms who, and people were smiling too, and I was just like, there is nothing to smile about. This is a horrible, horrible thing. Why are you smiling? Um, you're in this overeater thing. You know what I mean? Like, I was really judgmental, but I was like, okay, like, listen, if, if this, whatever. Like, and, and then at the end of the meeting, all that I was told to do was to keep coming back. And in my perfectionistic brain, if that's all I was being asked to do, first of all, that meant there were, like, zero results. Because if it's not hard and painful and really arduous, the results, you know, can be very limited. You know, if all I really have to do is sit in a chair and, like, maybe every week or whatever, wherever, if this meeting happens once a week, I didn't even know. Um, but whatever. They just told me to keep coming back. And I was like, I guess I can do that, you know. But I really did get hooked on the stories and whatnot because I was like, oh, I want to hear what else is going on out there, you know, um, because either I would really relate or I, I or I'd get scared. Um, I mean, all that kind of stuff. Or I'd really be inspired and I would hear the hope um, that, wow, there is someone standing up there. And I believe this person. Like, people would stand up here and they'd tell their stories and I believed it. Like, I'm like, this is not a sham. This is not an airbrushed photograph or an edited video, like, this is a person who has had this real experience. And that, to me, was incredibly compelling. So um, to go kind of way back, um, yeah, you know, compulsive overeating was a thing for me quite young. Um, I remember going to the, like, in the pantry, we had little cake decorations, and I would eat them secretly. Um, I think they were actually, like, real metal, which is bad, but... <laughs> Again, you know, compulsive overeater, like... That, that's just a challenge, right? Um, so, you know, I was eating my little cake decorations in the cabinet. Um, and, uh, you know, I remember family vacations based on the restaurants we went to. Um, in high school, we had to do, like, a how-to speech, and I made muffins. Um, someone else like pierced someone's ear, but I was like, and I was like, okay, so if I make the muffins, like, you know, I had it like all planned out, like I had to have the baked time, and then the part where, like, I put some, it was like a cooking show, it was really very drawn, you know, drawn out and complicated. Um, and and I, I danced when I was younger, I danced a lot, um, ballet was my thing, and I grew up in the mirror in front of a lot of other young women um, in the leotard and tights. And um, it really wasn't until, you know, I got to be a teenager that, well, that's not true. I think I always had shame. I always had shame about my body, always. Um, you know, I, I didn't, I guess I came from a, I don't know, maybe you could call it puritanical upbringing where 
your body was shameful. Um, so I didn't really hear messages of love for my body. I heard like, oh, this doesn't look right and that doesn't look right on other people. And so I just, like, that's how, like, as a woman, that's how you behave. Like, nothing's ever right on your body. Like, always something needs to be fixed. Um, and then, so that tape kind of started to get recorded in a very loud voice. Uh, so, and I remember I was in a, a dance class, like, I was, like, five or something, and some girl made a comment about, like, my butt or something. Like, I was, like, five. And I just, this girl's voice is so loud in my head, like, I can still see the classroom where we were dancing. And I was, like, that was, like, you know, the bite of the apple or something. And I was, like, there's a big problem here. You know, my body is a big problem. Um, and then as I, as I danced, you know, there was a point in time where I actually thought, like, I wasn't developing. I was like, you know, I don't know. I felt like a late bloomer. And, and then I bloomed, and that was not fun. Um, and, you know, those of you who can relate to the world of, of classical dance, you know that the desire, the way that you want to look is not the way that a lot of curvy women look. And um, that started the constant battle to change my body to fit into some, something that wasn't the way it naturally was. Um, and so, you know, I always, um, I got, you know, I got comments. I, I knew, I just would always operate on this idea that my body was wrong. My body was wrong. My body was wrong. Everything was wrong. Um, and we would have these, like, rehearsals that were, you know, for the whole day. And it was, you know, I should say, it was a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun. I made great friends. Um, you know, and I, you know, people can debate about whether or not the chicken comes before the egg in terms of um, really intense athletic or, um, you know, performance arts and whatnot. Um, I think I just have this, you know, and I think that um, it maybe wasn't helped by that environment, but that's just the way it was, you know. Uh, so we have these really long rehearsals, and there was a Chinese uh, restaurant above us, and so we would all, but you would only get rice. Like, you would never get real food. Like, we'd all just go get, like, the little teeny small side of, like, rice. And, like, on the days where I was feeling, like, really hungry, I'd get, like, fried rice. But you spend, like, hours and hours at a rehearsal, and you just have, like, this rice. And, but I can't remember, like, really, my mom saying, like, do you want a snack or anything? She's reading about that stuff. Anyway, so I, that's when I felt, like, okay, I'm doing all this hours of exercise, but I only have rice, so that's really good. Like, that started, like, the good and the bad, like, Lots of exercise, little food, good. Um, and I would read magazines, you know, those, um, you know, fabulous literary periodicals, which talked about, it talked about anorexia, you know, and anorexia was when you didn't get your period. And I was like, oh, well, that's how I'm going to know that I'm thin enough is when I stop having a normal biological function. You know, like, it was very clear to me. It was very clear that I needed to lose enough weight so that this normal biological function would stop. Plus, it can be a pain in the ass, so that's great, you know? Um, so that that was really something that I was like, yes, you know? And I, I you know, I read those articles and whatnot, and... Um, that was just what really what stood out to me. And when I was a senior in high school, um, I got offered a part um, at the end of the year and uh, in the traditional holiday performance. And 
that was something that I really, um, it even makes me emotional now. I was really nervous about that because I knew, because of the way my body looked, that I probably wasn't going to get the part that some of the other girls got in years past, and I wasn't as good as them or this and that. So I got my part, but of course it came with, but you need to lose weight. And so that was in the years where there were some herbal supplements, um, and so like, oh, so take this pill, and um, and that really started the dieting. Um, so it's about seventeen, eighteen, and um, you know, bless my mom's heart, she came from the years of the doctor really gave you speed, and they went to like the diet, like Uncle So and So, who was a diet doctor, um, and she, so she, you know, she not only she knew any better, you know, like she got pills from a doctor, and here's this coach telling me to take these pills, and so I think she just really wanted to help me. You know, um, but then it started with the diet, too. So I, I got, um, like, a really old version of this commercial weight loss plan, and she was like, well, it worked for me. So I thought, well, maybe it'll work for me, too. And it was awful. Um, I just remember, like, like, to say white knuckle is, like, beyond, because I would have to, um, and this is where my disease kind of gets funky because I really don't know what I looked like then. Like, if you took a picture of what I, of me then, I don't have an accurate idea of what that looks like. Um, I remember I had a friend uh, in junior high, we're still friends today, but she was a competitive gymnast and I was a dancer, and I remember that I always felt like this big, like this is how I felt, and then there was her and she was like normal. This is a picture of us standing side by side, and I feel like this. And she, I think she looks like this. And so I look at this picture today, and I'm like, we looked the same. And that, I can, I can tell you, in the moment of that picture, we were, I was wearing shorts and, like, a top, and I just can tell you, I've never felt the way I looked in that picture. That I've never felt. Um, and so, again, at the time when this dieting started, I, I don't really know what my body would have looked like. And so I, I did have anger, and I, I can have anger to, like, you know, parents, um, did I really need to lose weight? Maybe this was a natural thing, and like, and you should have said no to these women, my coaches. Um, but you know, it is what it is. And uh, so I did a commercial diet plan. I took these dumb pills, which I don't really think did anything. Um, but I also I did so much exercising. I danced so much. I rehearsed so much, and I had to add these um, like walks. And we lived on the top of a hill. So we would march down the hill, like, all the way to the bottom. It's like an hour walk. And then we, my parents and I would march all the way back up. So in order to keep the weight going down, I had to do such a huge amount of exercise. Like, the time was just – I'm like, I don't even know how I did my homework, if that's, if that's what I was doing. I honestly can't tell you. Um, but that was really intense, and I hated it. I hated it. I hated it because um, – the questions were always like, well, Hillary, do you, are you really hungry? Yes, I'm fucking hungry, okay? Like, yes, and I'm going to eat that next bite, you know? And are you really hungry? And do you, well, do you really need that? Yes, yes, I need that. Um, I need that extra bite of food. Um, so I, I was really resentful, um, and, and I was just used to people picking at me and watching what I ate. But what set in then was the shame, you know? Maybe knowing deep down, like, well, I don't know if I'm really hungry, but I really just want to eat this stuff. Um, and what happened was, as a big passive-aggressive FU to my coaches, um, because of the body stuff, I, I stopped dancing um, 
for the end of my senior year in high school. And it still upset me. Um, and there's a variety of reasons. Uh, but it was, it was a painful time. It was a painful time. And, uh, I think it's sad to me that, um, there wasn't any, like, love of my body or, you know, there was a recovery, basically. Um, so uh, then, so then in, you know, second half of senior year, I gained a lot of weight. You know, I just did because I couldn't, you know, I was then, exor- I don't even know if I was exercising, but when you stop that kind of physical activity and even if you eat like a normal person, um, you know, the weight is going to come on. And uh, and it was challenging, too. And I would, I think that's when I started, like, I'd wake up in the middle of the night because I had homework to do. So I'd wake up in the middle of the night. I'd do my homework, but I, in order to stay awake, I would have to have some kind of bizarre, like, cereal concoction to stay awake, um, and that totally upped up my stomach for the rest of the day in school, and that kind of started, I mean, that's something that, that continued for years, this incredible discomfort, but unwillingness to do something differently, um, just the compulsion to, that, like, I had to have this food, I know it's hurting me, but I'm going to do it anyway. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, so I gained weight in high school, and um, so I went to college, which I really think is like the, the blooming garden of eating disorders, at least it was for me, um, and it was great because, you know, the, the ice cream that my mom never bought came in like single-serving pints, and so you could go with your meal plan, and you could get a whole pint, which... Like, it was too small, like, it's too small to leave any, like, it's, you know. So, um, I'm, you know, I'm serious that it was, I was so excited, and so I could eat, I was eating, like, pints of ice cream. Um, and I wasn't really exercising, and I had residual shame, and, and then you heard about these, like, freshman 15 or whatever, and, and I was like, oh, I don't want that, but, like, of course it happened, and came home, and I bought new clothes, and, uh, you know, that went on for a little bit. And I think always in the back of my mind, there was this thing like, okay, well, I'm going to have to come back to getting this weight thing under control. Like, I'm going to have to come back to that. I'm a little busy right now, but we'll come back to it. <laughs> so um, by some miracle, sophomore year, I decided that I wanted to go back to dancing, and so I danced, um, which was, it was, when I think about what a miracle that was, it was really a miracle. Like, to squeeze yourself into a leotard and tights after, you know, years of, you know, after the humiliation and and really the self, you know, degradation that I, the damage I did to myself and to be willing to do an activity that you loved again in a body that doesn't feel comfortable, that's, that's a miracle. Um, so I did that. I had fun. I graduated. Uh, and then I was like, okay, college degree, check. Now let's get this weight thing under control. Um, and so I went to a commercial plan, um, and I guess I had some illusion that as an adult out in the world without school, um, with a job, that food would be easier or something. Um, I don't know where I got that. I think maybe it was just that, that it was food was always unmanageable for me, and so why not? At now, now something else has changed. You know, for some people's location, for me it was circumstance. Um, so let's try this again. So I went in this commercial diet plan. Um, like I said, it took me two years to lose uh, 25 pounds, and in that was a lot of craziness. Um, I would, um, first of all, I, when I started to, like, cook, um, I would have to go to every grocery store for every perfect ingredient. So that means 
don't know. That means, you know, you have to get certain ingredients at Whole Foods. But Whole Foods doesn't have these ingredients, like the normal ingredients you got to go to Ralph's. And then Ralph's doesn't have the stuff that Trader Joe's has. And maybe Trader Joe's has it. And it's a little less expensive. So I was, like, hopping it. Oh, and then there's the farmer's market. Because if I have vegetables, I really want them to be, like, fresh vegetables. So I was going compulsively to these stores to make these recipes. And really... To have the perfect recipe, all the portions had to be perfect, and the um, the ingredients had to be perfect. So if for some reason the ingredients didn't match what was listed, then that kind of blew the whole thing, right? And that's exhausting, just saying that. But that's what I thought I had to do. And then don't get me started on, like, the portioning and the weighing and all of that. And then my boyfriend would call and be like, I miss you. I miss you. <laughs> what do you mean you miss me? Um, and, and, and that, you know, in the height of that, I was exercising like a maniac. I would do, um, I started running. I was never like a runner, but I decided I needed to do that. I'd gone back to dance classes, so I was running, doing dance classes. I would rush home from work. I would do like the abs portion on like some workout video. Then I would go run, and then I'd get, get my little tight tights on, and then I'd go to dance class for whatever. Um, and then I'd come back, and I'd get to, like, just, like, soak in and just, like, mm, in my food, you know, like, I'd have whatever I got to eat. I was just, like, so excited to eat it. And I then, because I exercised, I could eat more. And so what ended up happening was I, I always wanted to eat more, and so I had to exercise more. Um, and there's only so much time in the day. You know, they're really, it's, it's true. It's true. And then, it, and I also, during this time, I thought I had, like, an oral fixation. Like, I would portion out all these vegetables in, like, little bags, like, so I could eat them at work. But I was eating them all day long. Um, like, the minute I would get to work, I would, I had something in my mouth. And when, um, and honestly, at my thinnest, everything Everything I bottomed out totally. Um, my boyfriend and I broke up. I hated my job. My friends had all moved away. Um, I was in a horrible living situation. Like literally at my thinnest, there was it was all done. And then you know the switch flipped, and uh, and I would I was continuing to go to the meetings for the commercial program, but I would do things and I was like dying to tell someone like they'd, they'd lean over and be like oh how are you doing and I'd be like uh fine, except, like, inside I had, like, a food hangover. I microwaved, like, eight half-cup bowls of, like, oat bran cereal or something really, like, not even worth it, you know? But I did it compulsively, like, eight times because I had the bran cereal, but I still, but it was, like, sweet. It was just it was gross is what it was. It was really gross. Um, but I couldn't tell the people in these meetings, oh, my God, that's what I did last night. And I was just, like, they, they're going to think I'm crazy. Like, they really are. And I couldn't, I just, I had to stop going there because I, couldn't find the solution to my problem. Like, I had all the information. I knew calories in, calories out, you know, this counting regimen in, counting regimen out. Like, I knew how to do it, and I'd done it so well for so long. Um, but, again, the switch flipped, and, you know, I was like, well, then fuck it, you know. And the vegetables went away, and it was, you know, the vending machines multiple times a day. There was a... Um, ubiquitous coffee place in our building and you know I'd go there before work then I would be a couple hours and then I'd go back there to get another item and you know I totally relate to hoping that the cashier is different because they're going to know that I just bought the same thing like a couple hours ago and then 
it got, you know, really at its worst. I told myself, I'm like, listen, you can have whatever you want to eat today as long as you get out of bed. Like, if you get out of bed and go to work, you can have whatever you want to eat. And that's, that's what ended up happening. And, uh, and there were bars along the way. Like, oh, well, I'm never going to do this. I'm never going to order this size. Oh, I'm never going to order this size with a topping. Oh, I'm never going to order this size with a topping and then go eat something else afterwards. Like, it just kept going. Um, and then always after I had passed that bar, I really hated myself. I absolutely hated myself. And I remember one day um, I had eaten something, like a whole loaf of something, and I was so uncomfortably full, and I just looked at myself in the mirror, and I'm like, like, I just was, like, praying that it would come up. I was praying to throw up. Like, please, God, relieve me. Like, oh, my God, I feel so sick and disgusting. I hate my, like, it just, it was awful. It was, like, it was hell. It was really hell. And, um, and so what ended up happening was, um, I quit my job. I moved home. You know, when I lost weight, I felt like my parents' eyes were light and shiny when they saw me. Um, they were, like, Everything was shiny, um, and when I came home with one pair of pants that fit, like, that was really hard. Like, that was really hard. And um, I think I had an occasion to go to, and I was like, well, I'll just wear jeans. And my mom's like, no. And so having to go get new pants with my mom and, like, all of that. And, and all the way, and I go to another present for this, her be, I, me thinking that she was, like, incredibly resentful of me, like, that I'd done this to myself and that I'm horrible and and. They couldn't take it. I did actually try that commercial diet program one more time, and it was really for my parents because I was like, they're so disgusted with me. You know, I, I guess I owe it to them to try this one more time, and I just couldn't do it. Um, so uh, let's see. Okay. So fast forward um, a little bit. Got a job here in Los Angeles, but the compulsive overeating continued. Um, I was kind of at the worst. I would I had a really long commute, so I would um, – wake up, eat breakfast, eat my lunch on, my, on the way to work. Maybe there was an hour, I'd have a snack. Then I would have lunch. Then maybe there was an hour, then I'd have another snack. Because I had a long commute back home, I would eat dinner before I got on the freeway. I'd drive down the freeway. Then I'd have another dinner when I got home. And then I'd go to sleep and then I'd start it all over again. And I hated myself, you know. And, like, I wanted to, you know, I just, it was really awful. So when I, when it was suggested to me to come to OA, I was like, okay. Um, and so, just like I was instructed to keep coming back, and I saw the recovery, um, I saw hope, I saw laughter, um, I, the readings really killed me. I was like, who wrote this? This doesn't make any sense. I was like, this is 2000 and whatever, 2006 or whatever. I was like, who writes stuff like this anymore? I didn't, I couldn't understand it. But I was like, whatever. I, I like the stories. I'll forget about the readings. So people said, you get a sponsor. You get a commitment. And you work the steps. And so that's what I did because... I didn't know what else to do. I was totally shame-ridden. I couldn't make eye contact with you. I couldn't talk to you. Um, I, I just, I mean, I really was a different person. I really was. And, uh, and lo and behold, everything started to get better. After my first meeting, I felt like this weird, like, I just, all of a sudden, when it, the next day when I woke up, like, I felt this, like, weird openness in my chest right here. And I was, like, I looked at my breakfast, and I, was, and I only ate part of it. I didn't, like, inhale the whole thing like I normally did. Just, I just didn't, I just didn't do it. And I was, like, oh, like, that's a miracle. And um, 
little by little, I I had friends. I started to get friends. I started to like make outreach calls, so I made outreach calls. Um, I had a sponsor, and um, she helped me to identify the foods that are what I consider to be my alcoholic foods. Um, and if I, if you told me that that this would be me standing up here, you know, seven years later, I would have been like, that's that's crazy. But what I have learned and experienced is that you know, if it's not an option, it's not an issue. It is tremendously freeing to not have certain foods in my realm. Um, I sure push it though, you know, and and I have methadone foods, like I really do. Um, you know, I have foods that are within the the boundaries that you know they'll they'll do a fix. You know, it'll fix it once in a while. Um, and life has gotten so big and amazing. Um, and there was a period. Um, a couple of years ago where uh, where I, I kind of was on like program light. I hadn't had a consistent sponsor for a while. My sponsor had moved away and then the new sponsor I got kind of faded away um, and I was just kind of flying solo. Um, so that really stalled me out on my steps. Um, the fourth step was incredibly helpful, incredibly helpful. It was such a gift. And I was really ambivalent because I hear a lot of things in meetings about people's experience with fourth steps and for me it was just the most freeing thing ever. Like, to have someone be able to listen to all my shit, like, non-judgmentally, and to, just for someone else to know is just, like, it was the biggest burden lifted. Um, so that was really incredible. And I shared um, quite a bit recently about how ashamed I am that I haven't finished all 12 steps. Um, that I'm, thank you, that I'm on, um, you know, 6, 7 right now. And And all I can say is that that's just my story. It takes what it takes. Um, I haven't stopped coming back, and that's really important. Even the time when I was kind of flying solo, like, I still went to meetings. Um, and now I'm back. Like, for whatever reason, I was like, you know, I can't keep doing this alone. It's not an I program. It's a we program. So for all the fantastic support that I get from my friends, and my closest friends are the women I've met here in these rooms, um, we can tell each other anything and everything. Um we these are really strong relationships um, with women that I relate to on a really deep level, and I'm so grateful for them. And God knows, I was in a really bad work situation, which I'm now out of for many years. They listen to me cry about it, talk about it. And, you know, today I have an entirely different job. I have basically a new career, um, and and that's a miracle, you know, because they don't I, – they didn't get what – I don't get from them what I get outside. It's like, just put the fork down. Just don't have it. Just don't take another bite or just whatever. Because um, I can't do that. You know, I'm a compulsive overeater. And when I get in the ring with food, I lose. Like, I will lose every time. Um, and let's see. Fourth step, very freeing. Um, the defects of character, I, I can't lie. It's, it's not really fun. Um, it's, and I think, you know, I think part of the reason why it's been so long, it's taken so long for me to get there and get through it is because I don't really want to. I think I'm pretty ambivalent. Like, talking about my resentments and um, and sharing them, that's very clear to me. But the defects, I find I find it very ambiguous and unclear. And how is this really going to work and look and all of that. So, um, still working on that. Um, in the last year or so, I've definitely had a re-invigoration um, of my program. Um, I kind of was like, listen, this 
half-assedness, this half-measure is not getting you anywhere. So I got more commitments. Um, I'm definitely overcommitted at the moment, which definitely go on the defects list. Um, but, I, you know, I did the deal. It's all stuff that I was told when I first came in. Sponsorship, getting a sponsor, getting commitments, and then you get to be a part of. And so I and, – and people would say service is slimming, and I'm here for the vanity just as much as the sanity. So that was kind of catchy for me. I was like, all right, I'll try that out. You know, it couldn't be any worse. You know, it couldn't be any worse than what I've been through. Um, so I did take a position on the OA uh, interview board, so it's really exciting. And please buy your tickets for the birthday party if you haven't done that. Um, and, and, you know, in terms of reinvigorating my program, um, that really that really has helped. You know, being a part of, um, having coming into rooms where people knew me, that really gave me a lot of esteem. Um, having a sponsor, someone who I knew was in my corner. And then I really have to pitch sponsorship as well because, you know, even if I pause for just that one minute and be like, I'm going to tell so-and-so this tomorrow, how can I really tell them this if I'm not doing it myself? Like, that is just an added, like, an added benefit. Um, and, and I don't feel like a fraud then because I can feel like a fraud. Like, I was feeling really um, uh, apprehensive about sharing today, about feeling like a fraud because haven't been to the 12 steps and all of that. Um, you know, other miracles are that I have the same pair of pants in my closet, and I've had the same pair of pants for several years, and that is a miracle. Um, you know, Lord only knows, you know, the, the ups and the downs and the different sizes and the agony shopping and all of that, and, um, you know, to, to be able to wear clothes multiple seasons in a row is a huge, incredible blessing. Um, and... What else can I say? Yeah, definitely want to pitch service. Definitely want to pitch service um, because being a part of and doing esteemable acts gave me esteem. And then when I had self-esteem, I was less likely to eat those things that were going to make me feel really awful about myself um, because I felt I just genuinely had this really good feeling about myself. And I came to know that, that I had skills and benefits, and just by showing up, I was being of service. Um, I didn't have to do anything fancy or complicated. I just literally had to show up. And I shared with someone recently, you know, going to a meeting and just sitting in the chair, that's service. Like, being a part of the meeting is service. You don't have to do more than that. Um, and I would take calls and would make calls. And the phone has varied in weight over the years. It's definitely heavy these days. Um, but that's only one tool. You know, I can use other tools. Um, I signed myself up for Lifeline, and um, what I really like, I signed up for the electronic one. Um, and if you didn't know, uh, you get a weekly, like, little blurb, which is awesome because I forgot my password to, like, access the big one. So I can just, like, pull up the weekly one, which is really awesome. So just when I'm, like, droning around at work, oh, I can just, like, open up my little Lifeline. So that's, that's really great. And, uh and my life is it's hugely different. I have I've earned a graduate degree. I've gotten a new job. I've this last year I moved. Um, I got a new job. I fell in love. I lost it and I found it again. Um, you know, all kinds of things have happened. Friends have gotten married. There's been death. Uh, all kinds of things have happened. My brother got married. Um, I work in a uh, a place where there is food around constantly, constantly. Um, and and that can be challenging, but again, like it's I've come just to be a practice. Like it's just not my food, you know. Um, and and I love the little adages that that we hear here. Um, you know, 
uh, keep it simple. Those types of things are really soothing to me. Like, I really don't, you know, um, someone whose program I really admire says consistently, if I'm abstinent and I go to a meeting, it's a good day, you know, and that's it. And again, sounds like the bar is set really low, but the truth is, as a compulsive overeater, if that's all I do in one day, then that really is enough. Um, and then, and so much can, can blossom from that, you know, uh, like I said, right now I'm a little overcommitted, and, and I can't be of service to the people who I need to be of service to if I'm not of service to myself, and I've learned that here. I came from a very traditional martyr home where one is resentful at everyone for asking them to do anything and everything because they can't say no. Um, so having boundaries, that's something I've learned here. Taking good care of myself, dressing in a nice way. I've learned what I like in these rooms. Um, I've learned what I'm good at. And, and that, like, kind of gives me the chills because, like, that's God flowing through me. And when I I was stuffing all these feelings down, and once I was in a parking lot with some muffins, and I was feeding them, and I was like, you're like stuffing your feelings down. And so when I hear that, when I hear, heard that here, I was like, oh, like that's really what I was doing. I was really mad at a roommate, and I couldn't tell her how angry and, and horrible it was to be with her and everything that was going on. So I was just eating at her. Um, so... Uh, so, yeah, so for that not to be the case today is really a miracle. Um, and, I, and I struggle today. You know, I'd like to say that seven and plus months in, that it's so much easier, but it, it's, some, it's quite challenging on some days. Um, you know, there is a desire for physical recovery, but then there's also a desire for sanity. And where that middle ground is for me, I'm kind of finding that out. Um, I shared um, with one of my sponsors that when I started program, I didn't exercise because I used exercise as such a punishment um, for myself. So I, I just was like, all I have to do is be abstinent. That's all they're telling me to do. They're not telling me to run a marathon or or walk 10,000 steps. You know, they basically, they're just saying be abstinent, you know. And so that's all I did. And it, it came to be that now I like to exercise. I like the way my body feels. Um, and that was modeled by me, or modeled for me by people who had walked ahead of me in the program. And so I was willing to, all right, it, wor- it works for them, it works for me. Um, and, you know, I haven't talked about higher power, but higher power is really in all of this. Um, it's definitely in the room. Um, I, I talk about it just kind of on a daily basis, um, especially when I go to bed at night and in really, and sometimes frequently in difficult situations, but a lot of times it's just like, God, just show me, and I'm driving usually when I'm going like this, just, just show me, just show me what to do, like, please, God, just show me, um, and that's, that's worked out, that's worked out, I, my sponsor reminds me frequently to pause, um, and I'm just like a freight train, like, I just want to keep going, but really, that's kind of an excuse for my compulsive overeating to come back, because then I don't, I have an excuse not to plan my meals, not to do self-care, um, and to do the things that lead me down a slippery path, whereas, um, you know, pausing, going slower, again, it's contrary action for me, but, um, it helps me to, like, yeah, to take a breath, to remember, oh, yeah, you're a compulsive eater, so you have to do these things. Like, other people might not be. That's fine for them. But I know that I am. And and I know that I'm not alone. So whenever I feel, you know, I'm out in a social situation and I feel <clears throat> maybe uncomfortable because I'm going to make a choice that I know other people aren't, thank you. I just, sit, I just 
think of this through. And I know that all of you are doing the same thing. And I'm like, fuck all the people I'm with. Like, I got my peace back at the meeting. Like, it's fine. So anyway, thanks again for letting me share.